0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher.
1: Making the jump from paper organization to digital files is overwhelming. I mean, we all like the physical movement of writing on paper, (laughs) right? (laughs) And even though we are a big proponent of heading digital, like we know that there are pros and cons to keeping digital files and paper files. In this episode, we want to break those down to help you decide on which direction you should go.
0: But first, we're going to hear a time-sucking hurdle from, I believe it's pronounced Carrie, but I am so... I would say so. Okay. I was going to say. I apologize if that is incorrect, but... Carrie says, my TSH is student documentation. I regularly have students who are in the IAT process, which is the initial steps before we might recommend them for an IEP, and I have to keep notes on their progress. I also have a student with extreme behaviors and have to keep daily notes on how their day went. Often, I don't have the time during the day to do this documentation, so I have to sit down at the end of the day to do it. It takes me even longer then because I have to spend time trying to recall everything. Mm. I feel like this is something that a lot of teachers have to deal with,
1: Mm -hmm. right? And so with anything, I feel like you have to have a system. Mm -hmm. You need to have kind of the foundation that's going to make it just a little bit easier. So I can understand because I also have documentation that I'm doing on kids every single day. And so what I've done is I've just, I've created a folder, for them and I just replenish that folder as I go. And in this documentation, you can customize it however you want to. You can break it down by certain blocks. You can add different codes at the bottom. So like your behavior child, like what are some of the common behaviors that you see? Is it that they're not focused? Is it that they're throwing things? Like what are some of the things that you can identify? Create codes for them. So like one could be following directions. Two would be completing work. Three would be respecting teachers. And so as you're doing it, you could just write the code next to the time versus having to Sit there and jot down everything as like throughout the day because that's not feasible. We don't have time to do that, especially when you have, you know, two, three, four of these that you're doing for one class. So I would say to develop a system, even for your students who are going through the IAT process. Like, I wonder if you can have just a page that would break down your class, your class times, and then again, create a code or something that you need to um, be able to log. And then that way you're only jotting these down. You can even keep it it on a clipboard and then file them away every single day. Now I know it's a waste of paper because you're doing one of these daily, but it's going to make it so much easier for you. What do you
0: think? Yeah, my mind instantly went to I know you say it's hard to do it during the day and we've all had those times, but I think if it became a habit, Mm -hmm. what was once hard becomes kind of second nature and you don't even think about it anymore. So having something like a clipboard that you carry and you do document it as best as you can in the moment, I think you brought up a good point of having those almost like shortcuts or ways that you can get down information without spending a lot of time. That's a great word for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mind even goes to those, I think they're called shuttle pens, but they're the pens that have all the different colors at the oh top. Oh my gosh, I love those so Right, much. It's very favorite. nostalgic for me because <laughs> as a kid, did you try to press down all of them? Yes. Absolutely. And I would try to do as many as possible. <laughs> right, right. So if you used one of those, it makes it really easy to color code. So you could also use like a color coding system. And a lot of times those pens have, you know, something where you can just like hook it on your lanyard so you can easily grab it off, use the color you need and put it back on. So I know it's not necessarily a perfect answer, but it's just something to consider. I think a lot of times we tell ourselves, well, I can't do this, but if you really needed to, could you find a way? A lot of times you can find a way. It may not be perfect, but it might be better than spending time at the end of the day. You know? Yeah.
1: Even at the end of the day or just trying to write a ton of stuff in that moment because mm-hmm. I can see. But like I can easily write a three or a four. Right. Next right. to a specific time and then come back to it later if I needed to add more information. But usually you can create as many codes as you want. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go overboard, but that you can make enough to where you wouldn't have to write Mm -hmm. a ton at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I agree. So going into this episode, literally in the notes, or outline, it says, should Michelle tell her flash drive story again? And I feel like the answer is yes, yes, because we might have some people that have not heard it before. And you can just live through my misery. So going into my co- well I guess college really flash drives were the thing right mm-hmm. I remember floppy disks I used floppy disks in elementary you really yes one of my classes I-, I say classes it was like second grade we had to bring in a floppy disk so when we went to what the computer kind of lab elementary school did you have <laughs> a normal one I, I don't know mine you. wasn't like this but but no offense you're even I older am than I a am. lot older yeah <laughs> So like what did
1: you save your work on? I guess I didn't really have computer class See? in
0: See, the truth comes out. Anyway, wow, I'm old. So going into college, I used flash drives a lot because I would go to the like library computer lab things that they had across campus. I would do work and I would use the flash drive to save my work. And I Oh, man, this memory. So it was my last year of college. So it was technically my third year, but I was graduating a year early. Billy and I had just started dating, so we were very new in our relationship. At the time, he worked at Best Buy. That's going to come back around, okay? Just wait for it. And I was in the middle of my student teaching. And I think most student teaching experiences, at least hopefully, you kind of get this gradual release of responsibility, right? So you might start with just teaching a small group and then you teach like a full lesson. And then by the end of it, you're teaching all day. And I was in that point. So I was having to plan a lot of lessons and my mentor teacher had very high expectations of how detailed the lessons were. So it was a lot of work and it was about, I don't know, 11 PM on a Sunday night. I had finished planning all the lessons for the entire week and I was at the library trying to print and I plugged in my flash drive in the CPU unit, which was down on the floor. And all of a sudden I rolled my chair and I heard a crack (gasps) sound and essentially the piece, like the actual USB piece that goes in had cracked off of the rest of the flash drive. And I lost all of my files. So, of course, I'm calling Billy because I'm like, you work at Best Buy. Surely you know how to fix this. <laughs> and poor Billy. I mean, he handled it very well. But he was like, "Um, no, or at least not right now. I mean, that was my biggest issue is it's 11 p.m. and I need my right. supper tomorrow. Yeah. So did you did fix I? being sick? No, I
1: recreated at least what I needed you for that next overachiever. day. I would have been sick.
0: <laughs> First, I cried very, very hard. And I didn't even care that I was in the middle of the library. But I cried. And then I, you know, put on my, my positive pants, if you will. And I was like, OK, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to recreate what I need for tomorrow. I did it. I was very tired the next day. But let me just say, after that, I was like, OK, I'm kind of done with flash drives. I want... I then switched to external hard drives because at least it was a longer cord that plugged into my computer and I didn't have to worry about it breaking. But I also became almost like obsessed with having like a paper printed version of everything on my Mm -hmm. flash drive just in case. So that is where I was going into my, my first year of teaching. I'm kind of curious. We didn't have this in the notes, but where were you at in terms of like digital files, paper files? Yeah. And
1: as like my first year of teaching, yeah. I did everything paper wise. And I think you and I were very, very similar in this this sense, because we both had the uh, collection of binders mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our units. And so I did the same thing. I still had some things on my flash drive. Um, and I remember vaguely The whole Google Drive, my first year teaching, being somewhat of a thing. Okay. But here was my problem, was that I was trying to create the items within PowerPoint, because you know how big Mm -hmm. PowerPoint was Mm -hmm. during that time. And it still kind of is like, it does do pretty cool stuff. But I was trying to create things in PowerPoint and then upload them into Google Drive. Mm. And then sometimes I would forget to re-upload it to make a more current version of it. And so it was just such a pain in the arse (laughs) that I just, it was making no sense for me. But I did keep a ton of binders that had just all of my different files inside of there. Um, And I think, you know, as time went on, and it's only been as of recently, what, like two-ish years now, Mm -hmm. maybe, where I feel like I've really started to let go of a lot of the binders, a lot Mm -hmm. of, it was like a a security blanket. (laughs) I needed that because I was always afraid that I wasn't going to have something and I never wanted to let it go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I get better now. I'm better now. Well, and I'm just going to plug for anyone who's listening. We both have day in the life episodes coming up where we are going to purge some of our teaching materials. And so you will hopefully, hopefully (laughs) hear us let go of some of those items that we feel this attachment to with really no reason. It's so
1: hard. It is so hard. Well, I feel like it's easier for you.
0: But yes, it's and really no. hard for me. I mean, i I do love to purge, but you are good at it. I am good at it, but I when it comes to my classroom stuff, I think because, I know how much money I spent on things. Mm. Like even my binders, I kept, once I got rid of the, the papers in the binders, binders? I kept the empty binders for like three years. Bridget, I kid you not, because (laughs) I'm like, I know how much I spent on buying these and I just couldn't get rid of them. I know. So all that to say, we both came from this era, if you will, of having binders, storing all of our units, like physically in our classrooms at home, wherever, But we have both kind of expanded and found these alternate methods for organizing our digital files. So we really do understand that there are pros and cons of each. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do in this episode. We're going to break down and share at least the main pros and cons, because of course there are others, but we want to just kind of throw the main ones out there that way. If you're struggling kind of in between which way do I go, this might give you a couple of things to consider.
1: So, we're going to start with physical pros. So, these are the physical items, the paper items that you're going to keep. Um, and these are going to be things like papers inside of your file cabinets, binders, folders, all of those items fall under this category. Okay, so let's talk about pro number one, which is you can still access the files if you lose power or internet access. I don't know about you, Michelle, but I feel like at the school that I've currently been at, we have a lot of problems when it comes to internet. And And it's also because I'm in like the very far corner. Yes, (laughs) I've been to your classroom.
0: I can attest that that is true. The
1: Wi-Fi doesn't reach me sometimes, which is such a pain. But there are times when you might end up losing power or you and you can still keep your classroom running when you have those physical files. We all know the importance of kind of taming the chaos when certain things like this will happen. You can easily keep students calm and continue your lesson. And feeling that security of having those physical papers, even though like that feeling isn't completely accurate because physical papers can still get damaged, but you like
0: that feeling of, oh, I have it right here if I need it. Yeah, it's that security blanket, as we said. It is. It is. (laughs) So the second pro of having those physical materials is keeping kids off of their computers. We know that we live in this kind of digital world. And not only our students, obviously, our kids are like constantly on their computers and iPads and phones, depending on what grade you teach. But the same is true for us. I really love Bridget. I'm curious if you've ever seen him on YouTube or maybe you've at least seen a video of his. Matt Diavella, do you know him?
1: Yes, I have. So mm-hmm.
0: he focuses a lot on minimalism and then more recently, a lot of like digital minimalism and finding ways to use less technology. I mean, we love technology because it can do so many things but making sure you have these periods of time where you're not in front of it. So Mm -hmm. being able to give your students opportunities to get away from their computers is important, especially if you have like older equipment that maybe doesn't hold a charge as long, you may not be able to even use that device all day without taking breaks. So having those activities that are hands-on, whether it's a game or a sorting activity, or just being able to get your students to move around the room, yes, A lot of those could be digital, like you can have digital games and digital sorts, but having just a good old hands-on collaborative practice activity that your students can complete in the flesh, if you will, is very valuable. No, I love those types of activities. So pro number
1: three is going to be easy access for your students who don't have their computers charged. We all have had that or they have forgotten it. I've also definitely had that or excuse me, they need to have some form of accommodation for paper items, which is also a reality for lots of teachers. So having these copies available for your students throughout the day can be really, really helpful. Some students that have that accommodation are required by their IEP to give them that paper copy versus having them on the computer. Let's just be honest, others will just make poor choices and they will need a paper copy in order for them to focus something else that I have also had. And then you're gonna have those students who are gonna be those frequent flyers in forgetting their devices or just not having them charge. And so maintaining those paper copies really allows for you to continue teaching without missing a beat or without having to like run and make copies in the middle of class, which is something we all don't wanna do.
0: Right. I mean, you mean you don't want to go stand at the copier? I just like and and then to try to fight it. You just never know
1: if it's going to like you. And so it's just like, hey, copier, like, please be nice to me. Like, please make this copy. And it's just it's such a pain. I can sense your fear.
0: (laughs) So we are going to take a very quick break. And when we return, I'm going to jump us in. That was not the right phrase, but y'all know what I mean. We're going to jump in to the physical cons wait do you smell that um i smell many things most of which are coming either from my husband or dog but i don't think that's what you're referring to No, lady, definitely not. It smells like spring is in the air,
1: and with spring
0: (laughs) comes organization. Okay, I see what you did there. I do love me some good spring cleaning, and I also love a good spring closeout. You know, when stores are like, this is your last chance funny you say that
1: because this month is your last chance to grab the 2023 digital planners that run from January to December before they are gone
0: for good. We will be releasing the digital planners for the 2023-2024 school year in May, but if you would prefer to have a planner you can use now, this is your last chance. Plus, we're having a closeout sale so you can grab them for 15% off until the end of the month. So head on over to
1: teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store to
0: grab your digital planner
1: before it's too late. And now, back to the episode.
0: We're back, and unfortunately, we are back with some bad news. We are going to talk about the downsides or the cons to these physical materials. Starting with number one, it can be cumbersome to maintain these in your classroom. Obviously, if you're teaching a lot of subjects and each subject has multiple units, trying to organize all of these materials into whether it's physical files in a filing cabinet or binders or bins, drawers, whatever it is the more you teach and the more things you accumulate over the years, because we all know that that's what happens. You're like, I can't get rid of this, even though I haven't used it in five years. It just becomes a challenge. And then if that system has to change, whether you are going to a new grade level, teaching new subjects. When I taught fourth grade, I never taught the same subjects back to back. They changed Did you a little not? bit. The very first year, it was math, science, social studies. Then it was just math, science. Then it was math, reading. And then it was back to like math, science, social studies. It it was crazy. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Plus, we all know like as soon as you get used to a curriculum, they're going to completely change it on you. Of course. Of course. So that means you then have to spend time reorganizing those physical files and possibly spending more money to get more file folders, more binders. Because of course, if you're switching grade levels, you're probably going to bring your old ones home and have completely new ones at school. And now you have like two sets and you're like, great.
1: Okay, I don't know about anybody else listening, but after Michelle just kind of walking us through that one con, I am exhausted. I know, because we've all had those experiences. I am so tired. Okay, so con number two is that it takes up a lot of space. Listen, your classroom is going to have very limited space when it comes to storage. And I have had every classroom from lots of storage to somewhat kind of storage to massive amounts of storage. So there is no telling what you're going to end up getting. you might have cabinets, filing, filing cabinets, you might have your own drawer system, or you might have nothing at all and have to try to come up with something for a way for you to store all of these items. So what do you do when you run out of space? Well, you have to choose between what item you have and where it's going to end up going inside of your classroom. Plus, you have to buy new file folders, new binders, and as your like system expands, as Michelle mentioned, it's gonna get really expensive. And so these materials also may not be replaced, may need to be replaced eventually. Going back again to what Michelle said, if you get a new curriculum, you're gonna have to replace it. If the standards end up changing, you're gonna have to replace it. If you go to a new grade level, you're gonna have to change it. It's just a really vicious cycle. And so these binders and these file folders can really get really heavy. Um, And in order to transport these things to like meetings, which, by the way, I was that person, like when I went to like grade level meetings, here I am carrying these giant freaking binders of all my materials for those units so that I could be able to contribute to the lesson or to the group and having to carry those from one place to another or if you're wanting to plan at home, it
0: just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So we know that it's the organization piece. It's the space piece. And then Mm -hmm. number three is the maintenance. All of those paper files can get unorganized very quickly if you're not maintaining them properly. And then that requires more time, which we know we don't have a lot of. So I'm calling myself out here in my classroom. I loved the Sterlite three drawers that were made to hold papers. They sat on my desk. I had one for each day of the week. And then I had the grade copy file set. And in the file drawer, it was just papers that I needed to file away, whether it was in like student cumulative folders or in my own file folders for curriculum papers and whatnot. And it never failed that that drawer would get so stuffed. I wouldn't even be able to open it. And then the papers are all getting damaged. And I just dreaded going through it. It typically would happen at the end of each marking period. I'm like, all right, I need to go through this. And I hated it. So... If you're going to use paper files, you have to have a very structured routine for putting papers and activities away, either at the end of the day or at the end of the week. Otherwise, you will find yourself like me with these piles of papers that you don't want to handle. Plus, if you don't have that system in place, it can then be challenging to find the files you need. You're like, wait, have I put it back in the binder? Or did you put it back in the right spot? Because if you didn't, then you're really kind of, you know... Uh, what do they call it, SOL? Yeah. I will say the actual word, <laughs> but you have to have either like a color system or a number system or a labeling system. So you know exactly where to go to find it, which means there's no being lazy here. Like you have to put in the effort.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So now we're going to transition into digital pros and these are going to be your digital files, such as PDFs, images, documents, and these are going to be stored online or on a device or a flash drive or an external hard drive. So you pick and choose. However, we definitely recommend Google Drive because that is just a wonderful place to Mm -hmm. leave all of your digital files. So the first pro in this is that you can access your materials on multiple devices. This is especially helpful for personal devices and school devices. Like Personally, guys, I don't take my school stuff home. Like my school devices stay at school, but sometimes I still need to be able to access it. So here's the thing. You don't have to lug everything home. You can just keep everything inside of your Google Drive and still be able to access it. And then you don't really have to worry about forgetting a device or anything at home. Like if I forgot my laptop or if I forgot my iPad, I know that I still have all of those devices readily accessible. So you can really think of like those random days off that you might end up having or think of like of when COVID like first happened. We all thought it was going to end up being two weeks and then we stayed home for like ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for some of y'all who left your computers thinking, "Ooh, it's going to be a nice little vacation. I bet you were really happy that you had all your digital files inside of that Google Drive. But This is really allows you to get more done in the moment. So you can also think of it as you can pull up a file on your phone or on your laptop during a meeting instead of following up with a ooh, I'm gonna have to check back and like go and look at my files to let you know if I have that.
0: Yeah. The second pro of digital files is the fact that your space, and when I'm, I'm putting quotations around space, can expand without actually expanding like the physical space. So here's what I mean by that. You can typically upgrade and have a larger storage capacity, whether it's getting a bigger flash drive that holds more, getting a bigger mm-hmm. external hard drive, or upgrading your cloud storage. So you can continue to store more and more files without having to a lot more space around you to it. So if you have that limited space or limited storage in your classroom, mm-hmm. those digital files are definitely going to be a better option for you. If you have a Google Workspace for Education account, you have... Unlimited storage. And again, I'm putting quotation marks around it because it's technically not unlimited, but the storage allotment for those accounts is so large that for what you're considered, like it's unlimited. Put all your stuff in there. You will be fine. You do have to then consider like if I were to switch districts and I need to get all my files out of that Google Drive that means you're going to have to move them to your personal drive and you just want to make sure you have enough space for that. Like if you had, let's say, a terabyte of stuff in your school Google Drive and then your personal drive, you have just the basic account with 15 gigabytes, it's not going to be enough and you're going to have to upgrade. But as I mentioned, most cloud-based storage services not only will allow you to upgrade, they welcome it. Like, of course they want you to upgrade.
1: (laughs) A lot of times, (laughs)
0: exactly, I was gonna say, they want your money. You can either choose to do like a full year where you just pay for a year or you can do it month to month. I'll be honest with y'all. I pay for, (laughs) this sounds so obsessive and ridiculous, 10 terabytes of storage on Mm. my Google Drive. All right, now I wanna know how much
1: you've already taken up. So of that 10 terabytes. Mm-hmm. So as I'm talking, can you look that up? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, so here's I'm my g- Google drive. Uh,
0: <laughs> I've got it right here. Cause it's oh, already perfect. up. So I currently have like just over five terabytes of the 10 Oof. that are being used. Oof. And, and yes, guys, a terabyte is a lot. It it's is a lot. lot. Cause that, she stores all her videos in there too. So exactly. I was going to say, isn't a terabyte, is it a thousand gigabytes it's yeah it's huge or is it a hundred no I think no it's, it's a thousand so 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 I have like 50 no fi- <laughs> math is hard <laughs> in the morning I have 5,000 gigabytes oh of gosh. stuff on Oof. my in my drive it is a lot and yes I pay like it's like is it a $50 a, a month or a hundred dollars a month lot. it's pricey <laughs> But again, that's only because I store all my video stuff on there. Most people don't need that much. Right. So don't get scared. (laughs) I definitely don't have that much. But I also don't store my videos
1: on there at all. So, but I don't have anywhere... Near that much. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the third pro for digital files, which is that your files can easily be shared with others. You can share lesson plans, slides, and activities with your team teachers very easily. You can share templates for forms with staff members. You can use technology to recreate things that Can that used to be done with like a physical paper. Um, I know Michelle did a lunch count example. And I also have now this year, I've used a Google form. Is that how you created Mm yours for your lunch count? Yep. It's really nice. In the beginning, guys, I'm going to be honest, I was not a fan of it. I did (laughs) not know if I was going to enjoy it. And now it is so easy. I've definitely gotten into that habit, which is so important, of like clearing it at the end of the day so that I can just easily look at the little pie chart to tell me like how many I have for each lunch count. It's great. I love it. And then you can share newsletters or practice activities with parents without worrying about getting the paper lost. And it's so easy to send reminders versus saying, oh, I got to go make that copy for that one kid who Mm -hmm. didn't have their parents signed it. You can send it as a digital form. And here's a bonus, guys, is that it's completely searchable. You can very easily go into your drive. You can just pull up a finder and type in what it is that you're looking for, and it will pull up everything that has that word or that phrase within that document. So it makes it so much easier. Instead, you're not spending a ton of time
0: having to flip through or sort through your finals. How to tell. We're a little biased towards the digital because we had just had to sneak in an extra pro. But, <laughs> but I think that's such a huge one, being able to search and immediately find the file that you need or at least get much closer, right? Yeah. Rather than checking all of these binders mm-hmm. and drawers and cabinets. I think it's worth mentioning. So now let's move on to the cons. There are some cons of digital. As much as we hate to admit it, it's not very big, though. (laughs) It they're not. So here's the first one, and we did already touch on this. Technology sometimes fails us. Either your you know flash drive gets lost, or I don't know, broken in half, um, or you lose internet access. There are kind of workarounds, but they don't work perfectly. So for example, you can make Google files available offline. So for example, if you have a set of Google Slides that you teach from, If you make them available online and you lose internet, you can still use those slides, which is great, but it is limited. So for example, any video files you have within Google Slides won't work. It doesn't matter if they were inserted from YouTube or your Google Drive, they're not going to play. And obviously if you lost power, like you can't access it unless you run it off of like an iPad that you already had. And you're like, hey, let's come up to the carpet and look at my tiny iPad. So I guess there kind of is a workaround for power outages, but obviously we know that that does happen. Also keep in mind with cloud storage, as much as we love it, you have to remember you are storing your files in a service that does not belong to you. It's kind of this like eerie thought, but Google, if they wanted to, they could shut down tomorrow. That's not going to happen. I am panicking right now. i sorry. As you say that, I don't know why, but that just sends me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It won't happen, but it could. You know what I mean? It's almost I that know. whole like the sun could explode tomorrow. It won't, but technically it could. And within the business world, because I know Bridget, you'll relate to this. They talk a lot about like not putting your eggs all in one basket. Yes. If my only platform was, for example, YouTube, and YouTube just decided to like kick me out or to completely shut down, I would lose my entire audience. So it's important to be able to have these different platforms. And it's just something to keep in mind with those digital files as well. I think we need to start looking to invest in land. (laughs) That's
1: just where we're going to go now.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was good. Total
1: opposite, guys. Okay, so another con when it comes to digital files is that some of the files aren't going to be allowed to be stored digitally for security purposes. Now, guys, listen. When it comes to files with student information, your school or district might have certain rules in place that prevent you from storing these files online. And if they don't have these rules in place, you need to make those rules in place because there will be times. I mean, it's very rare, but it does happen. I've been to like Two different schools at this point, and it's happened at both of these schools not to me necessarily, but to other people that I've known Mm -hmm. where there is a lawsuit that ends up happening for either IEP or whatever reason. And you do not want to be caught in the middle of any of that drama, do not put any of those files. That are student information, student names. Don't text student names. Don't do any of it, guys. Just stay away from that because it's so scary. When you end up getting your devices confiscated because they need to go through it for this law, this lawsuit. Mm, you do not want to be there. So just, just don't do that. I mean, it seems like it would be okay, and you're like, oh, it's just, you know, I'm gonna just pull up this kid's, you know, whatever <clears throat> on my personal device because I can share it through Google don't do that. <laughs> just, just keep it where it needs to stay and keep yourself safe from that.
0: Yeah. It, um, it never fails that you think it won't happen to you until it happens oh, I to know. you. I haven't told you this Bridget and we'll chat after this about it. Mm. But, um, just yesterday I had to, uh, get my credit card canceled because <gasps> it had been like not hacked, but there were charges Your Southwest. Yeah. My oh Southwest my card, there were, um, charges, that you know weren't mine so that's fun stuff hmm. but real quick because people might be wondering like well then what do I do like if I had for example a student data sheet you could always assign your students a number and yes. track them just by the number so it's like okay student one and you have their yes. information it's just kind of a workaround if you need to yeah. have one in place and I think whenever you go through like grad school or when you have to
1: pull things like if you do like an SLO or an S you know whatever they like a Um, whatever the other one is, I can't even think of it at the moment. But they ask you to like log numbers versus Mm -hmm. student names. Do you remember us going through our capstone and like it would say, don't use their student names, like assign numbers and then have that page somewhere else so that it's not digitally recorded?
0: Yep. Gosh, you just brought back some
1: memories that I I don't know if I wanted to
0: (laughs) unlock. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and share that final con for digital. And then we are each going to share kind of like our choice moving forward, which you probably already know how we lean. So number three would be it requires a backup plan. And we already touched on this. It's that idea of if you do lose power or internet or a student doesn't have his or her device what are you going to do? I know Bridget would always have to like go make copies for those students. Mm -hmm. And so some things it was easier just to have it be in paper from the get go so that you didn't have to like suddenly transition for those students. Obviously things can still go wrong with paper (laughs) copies. Like it never fails that you end up being like one short. The number of times I would have that happen. I'm like, I don't understand. It's so frustrating but those chances are far less. So digital, it just requires you to think on your feet more. And you just have to keep that in mind. Maybe, I love having you know solutions for problems. Maybe if your lessons are primarily digital, you have just a completely separate physical lesson in your back pocket for that day where the power does go out mm-hmm. that you can just whip out and do without trying to take a digital lesson yes. and make it physical. You can just have a separate one kind of in your back pocket.
1: Yeah. No, I really like that one. Okay. So now we're going to jump into our choice. So Michelle, do you want to go first?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll be easy. I'm I'm primarily digital. As I mentioned, I got rid of all of my binders. I do still have some papers, but it's mostly like examples of, of not student work, but like examples I would make to show my students but even some of those, I've started just scanning them and having them digitally. I do have, for example, here in my office, I still have a set of drawers where I keep paper examples, mostly for like videos and and mm-hmm. pictures and things like that. But I really rely heavily on digital. I do have three file boxes for Billy and I's like like tax stuff and and those paper, you know, like when I bought my car. It's all like paper. Like I didn't get anything digital, yeah. which is crazy they to me. They give you like so. a little flash drive. Huh. Oh, see, so you're fancier oh. than me. Yeah. No, no. At my car dealership, I just got a little folder <laughs> with some papers in it.
1: <laughs> it's, mine is the V-Wagon. That's what I call it.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Instead so of the
1: G-Wagon, it's the V-Wagon. The V-Wagon. <laughs> I like that
0: i haven't named mine billy still has his Rhonda the honda which bless oh, his heart god love i her. drive us everywhere <laughs> and we'll get in his car and i'm i'm like looking in the rear view mirror to see if stuff is falling out behind us like oh he desperately gosh. needs a new car the noises it I makes he was gonna get one that's what he said you want to know what he got instead what? Or what, he, what he is getting he's getting invisalign like braces. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. That's so Which cute. It is. I'm happy for him. This was his, like, he got a new job and better health insurance. So he was able to to use it for that. But I'm happy for him because I know, like, his smile has always been something he's been a little self-conscious about. So yeah. this is a good, a good move for him. I think it'll Aww. really help. And plus, I just think it's going to be hilarious because I remember going through braces and I had the, like, legit metal braces. Yeah. But... And his won't be the same because it's Invisalign. But still, it's going to be cute. Or it's like, oh, you got to take out your trays to eat dinner. <laughs> that is so funny.
1: <sighs> All right. How about you? OK, so can I say both? I'm going to say can. both. And here's why. I think it's because the space that I am. I I agree with you that I do rely heavily on the digital aspect. But I still keep certain things paper. Like mm-hmm. I will still have I mean, I will make like five copies of whatever activity I have and I will just store it because, again, I know for a fact that I'm going to have kids that are are either not going to have their charge. I don't have enough chargers yeah. or they're going to have forgotten their laptop and there's not enough to be able to borrow from the office. There's so many different reasons. But I really, really enjoy your basic activities where you would put kids into pairs or into groups. Like, I love that. And I like the feeling of them being able to manipulate stuff and to like move things around. And so I still do a lot of like paper activities. And I don't want to remake those every year. So I just have like a file system with all of my different activities based off of, you know, oh, if these are grammar, here are the grammar activities. If this is like characters, here is the character activity so that I can just pull it out and not have Mm -hmm. to worry about remaking it the next year. So I'm going to say both, but I still, I, I feel as though I have done a good job so far Transitioning everything over to digital, like my lesson plans, I've started teaching with slides now. Michelle, what? Who am I? Who <laughs> am I right now? Started teaching with slides, so I've started moving a lot of, like you said, the example um, writings. I've moved all of those over to Google Drive. So I'm doing it. It's just taking me a little bit time to like really get there. So the only yeah. thing that I'll have paper wise is just going to be the activities, the games, things like that, that I don't want to recreate every year.
0: Yeah, and I, I still had some of those too. And some of them I even kept. I mean, we'll find out in the next episode because I'm going through basically Oof. all my teaching stuff at Go, home. Oh girl, I can't wait. I'm a little nervous. Um, but <laughs> we would love for you to check out our website. In the meantime, you can submit your own time-sucking hurdle for the chance to be featured in a future episode. Also, if you haven't done it right now, On your phone unless you're driving then don't do it right now but go to wherever you listen to our podcast and make sure you are subscribed so like on apple Podcasts, there's just like a little check mark that you like click and you're like hey i like this podcast so when i like can you download the episodes for me that's all it is right you're just telling apple that you really like our podcast that way when we drop our new episodes every thursday you will be ready to listen And if you do want to leave us a review on iTunes, we love them. We read them. We smile, hopefully, as long as you're nice. But (laughs) until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.